Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 300 of Geek Tower Radio. This week I have with me... Two co-hosts I have with me, yeah. Matt and Gray. How are you both doing? Good. Oh, I, yes, I'm good. Well, we've had a very Ill, good but... day today. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Gray, you've, you've had your vaccinations. You've been struggling a little bit with the second vaccination, haven't you? No, I've had my first one. I that only was had your my first, first one? one last week. Um, uh. And yeah, I got Moderna, one of the first ones in this area to get Moderna. And I've just been suffering with the most horrendous headaches for the past week, um, oh, which is really up like me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been, and it's been the end of a term of work as well so i was really looking forward to this lovely weekend of uh, sun and celebrations but i spent a lot of it in on the sofa feeling very sorry for myself <laughs> yeah. yeah i had i had no ill effects from my first vaccine matt of course he's i'm assuming he's unvaccinated still because he's not old enough so yeah nothing for me yeah yeah we'll oh. get there it apparently hits the younger and fitter and healthier ones the worst uh-huh. yeah you tell yourself that <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the 300th episode. I can't believe we've done like 300 of these. We're basically going to do a pretty normal episode, although we have got something in store later on as well. And of course, there are two people here. So uh, we'll start off with we usually do by asking, what have you been doing for the last few weeks? Uh, Matt, let's go to you first. Well, uh, apart from seeing Quiet Place 2 in cinemas today, which I've done my review already. So I'll, I'll leave that out of this particular part. But yes, went back to the cinema today. So that was uh, why I've had a good day. Finally nice. going back there after all this time, waiting 14 months for that film. So uh, awesome. Other than that, though, I've uh, been still sticking with Apple TV Plus, as I've mentioned the last couple of times I've been on the podcast. Now, I put in here Dickinson season one, and then I put separately, there's a show I watched on Apple TV Plus that I didn't get on with. So let's talk about the first one first, which is Dickinson. This is based on Emily Dickinson and the, the poet and it's got uh, Hayley Steinfeld in the lead role she was in Bumblebee and she's going to be Kate Bishop I think in uh, Hawkeye ah. as well for the uh, the upcoming Marvel series so uh, she's, she's doing some things she's doing some uh, good things and there's also uh, another new season of uh, Dickinson to come out so it's interesting because if you look at this kind of show you'd probably think okay this is kind of Downton Abbey-esque which I haven't seen Downton Abbey and isn't quite sort of my thing although if I watched it I might like it who, who knows this is sort of like if you took something like Downton Abbey which is like a household with everybody's got to be sort of prim and proper you know and mm-hmm. specifically towards you know women and females with the whole your task is essentially cooking cleaning and delivering children that's the way that women were sort of looked upon back then uh, so what this show sort of does is takes kind of that idea puts a young woman in the female lead called Emily Dickinson she wants to be a poet and that's kind of frowned upon because women at that point like you know women shouldn't do poetry or whatever yeah. And she can be a little bit uh, rebellious at certain points. And she sometimes doesn't do what people like the adults in the show want her to do, such as her mum and dad. And uh, that creates for some very, very interesting, very good scenes and uh, creates for a very interesting show. Finished the first season. I watched the first two episodes of season two yesterday. It's really well paced. It's got 10 episodes each season and they are about half an hour each to so another one of those sort of shorter shows. It's just fantastic. And just there's a lot of conversations where where somebody will say something to Emily about women should do this or women should do that and et cetera, et cetera. 
and you know having a response from her trying to fight back against that idea mm. and that creates for some very interesting dynamics uh, there's also certain scenes to where like her sister and a couple of her friends are getting married and her mum even turns around at a certain point it's like oh Emily your your time is sort of getting away from you even though she's clearly very very young yeah. but again it was that sort of idea of okay let's get these women married let's get them with children cleaning cooking that that was the, the general mm-hmm. idea so when the idea comes about of like oh Emily doesn't quite want to get married yet she wants to be a poet instead you know some of the adults turn around and uh, they're not quite so happy about that particular idea so uh, it's really really good but there's a lot of sort of these you know these big fancy Downton Abbey style dinners where uh, some of the conversations are really quite interesting yeah. for that just other characters talking about what they've done what Emily's supposed to do what she wants to do and how that kind of clashes and uh, Hayley Steinfeld is fantastic in the role as well so yeah. really really enjoyed that uh, have I ever seen that? Yes I've seen it it's a really interesting series tonally because like you say it has yeah. that sort of Downton Abbey element to it but it's almost like they smashed it into a modern teen drama as well or a teen yeah. kind of yeah. comedy because tonally it's far more in that vein than it is in the sort of Downton Abbey vein so Emily is, is almost like a modern character but dumb into this Downton-esque sort of world, mm. which sort of works because she's supposed to be this weird rebel, quirky sort of character. I really enjoyed it. I actually interviewed the production designer for it as well. One of the uh, the behind-the-scenes oh, cool. podcasts, episode 40 of the behind-the-scenes podcast was with the production designer and he talks about bringing that sensibility into the show as well. It's really interesting how they put that together and just the tone of it. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was a very well put together show. I've haven't seen all of it yet. I've seen a little bit of season two and most of season one because I, I needed to watch some of the season two episodes for the interview. So right. I kind of seen bits of both seasons, but uh, really, really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's a very, very good, interesting, different show. I think you've described it quite well there. It's got that sort of rebellious modern day teenage stuff, but like clashes with this old style down and every type of thing. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't doesn't clash in the tonal way of it's all over the place. It works really, really well. Yeah. So been really enjoying that Gray have you seen any of that no I've not got an Apple Plus TV subscription so I haven't seen any of the Apple Plus TV shows Mm. yet so okay yeah there was another Apple TV Plus show that I tried out this one I didn't I wouldn't say I don't like it I just haven't quite gotten on with it yet and I sort of put it on pause and then went over to uh, Dickinson so the other show that I'm mentioning here is For All Mankind which I checked out I've watched Mm. I'd say about an episode and a half roughly and I don't think it's bad definitely it's got some interesting things going for it it just I don't know it just didn't quite particularly sort of click for me but it's one of them things where you know if I watch some other stuff and then go back to it later maybe it'll sort of click better later on but uh, uh, that show instead of like some of the other shows that I've watched which sort of clicked with me almost straight away that one just sort of didn't maybe I wasn't like quite in the right mood for it or I just mm. sort of thought you know I'll stick this on and I need to watch it at like a different time or something but I definitely don't think it's a bad show so it isn't kind of the end of the streak of me enjoying Apple TV Plus shows because I don't think it's bad it just uh, just didn't quite massively grab me maybe once I've finished like Dickinson and uh, I also want to watch uh, C as well mm-hmm. uh, the Jason Moa show maybe once I've got through a few of those I'll go back to it but I don't know I know that you really like that show don't you yeah I, that's interesting that isn't the one that I thought you'd struggle with but I, oh, I wonder if okay. it's an age I wonder if it's an age thing maybe because uh, you know I grew up more with a lot more of that history of the space race and stuff because the the entire premise of For All Mankind is what if the Russians beat the Americans to the moon landing so it ends up with them becoming okay we have to be the first to get the first space base and because of that it extends the space race and the history goes off in a slightly different direction so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting idea and it's Ron Dean Moore behind it who's the guy behind Battlestar Galactica and Outlander so you know he knows his space stuff and he knows his alt history stuff so it's something that I think he's a brilliant, brilliant showrunner. And it's interesting that you've not got on as well with that because I really, really, really love that series. I think it's brilliantly put together. So, yeah, I, I would maybe try it again when you're in a slightly different frame of mind, possibly, because it's also interesting that it jumps through the years as well for the first and second season. So the first season obviously starts in the sort of 60s when the space rate starts and go through the 60s and 70s and then the second season is sort of through the 80s and then the third season will be going into the 90s so it sort of jumps through time as well
well, which is a really interesting way of uh, putting it together and just seeing how the history has been kind of altered and little tweaks they've made. But the the plot line for it, I, I think is really good and really interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm mm. surprised that's that's because that's the sort of space thing. I thought that might be one that you uh, like, but I think I would give that another go at some point. Yeah, like I said, you know, I'll probably watch it later and then maybe it'll uh, click a bit better. Mm-hmm. So the other two things are the Friends reunion and the uh, Bloods Sky show, which I know that Gray wants to talk about as well. So if I kind of shift it a bit to Gray and then we can kind of talk about that. Gray, what did you think of the... Uh friends reunion because i know that that's on the um, list here yeah i i liked <laughs> this is going to be controversial right? i liked every bit apart from the bits involving james corden <laughs> just... <laughs> no i don't think that's that controversial to be honest it's james corden he's very much a sort of love or hate character at this point so uh yeah, yeah. i just i loved the the bits where they were together and they were reminiscing and we got those little secrets and behind the scenes mm-hmm. i love those elements where they're in the set um, i was so disappointed they didn't have more time for like Janice and the Gellers and Gunther but I still laughed I still got really emotional I still sort of reminisced and you know I watched it with a couple of friends and I was like every time a different episode I'd say oh that's my favourite bit and I kept saying that over and over again to the point (laughs) where it's like everything can be my favourite bit but yeah you know I watched it last lockdown again for probably the 10,000th time the entire (laughs) season Um, but no I thought it was really special I would have just change that weird bit the audience and James Corden I would have just changed that element maybe I don't think they needed a host or the host could have been someone who had been in it yeah you know that they could have just made it a little bit more personal and Mm. they could have talked amongst themselves and it could have been yeah that would have been my only suggestion what Mm -hmm. about you Matt yeah, I kind of agree in a way to where the best parts were, you know, when they're in the cafe and when they're in the apartments and they were like talking and reminiscing and especially when they went over some of the old like scripts and they were like trying to be in character and sort of reading them and everything. I, I do think that was the best part. James Corner for me, I, th- I, I think he's all right. I don't really like love him or hate him. I'm very kind of, if he's there for something, if he does a decent job with it, then all right. I kind of see what you mean in terms of, okay, yeah, the Q&As are a bit sort of all right. And then did you think that that Matthew Perry was a bit quiet. Like everyone else sort of seemed to talk a bit a lot more about certain things and I noticed there wasn't too many times during some of the Q&A's with James and with the with the crowd not many of the questions were directly aimed necessarily at him so maybe that's why but he just seemed a little bit quieter than everybody else sort of over yeah, I, know I, I, a... I know he's had some troubles in the past and he had some troubles on the show so maybe that's still kind of the case but I don't there's know there's still a it's... lot of press going on about he, he you know it's quite an emotional time for him I think, yeah, yeah. yeah Matthew Perry if you thought his teeth look a bit weird or if he was speaking a bit strangely apparently he had emergency dental surgery just before he went on so oh, that's wow. possibly why that he was also a, that could be a factor that, that's possibly also the reason why he was a bit quiet so I think maybe that's part of the reason I kind of agree with you about the James Corden stuff not specifically about James Corden I have no huge issue with him particularly I, it was more I could have spent a lot more time watching them just reminisce between themselves than them having to do an interview with somebody else and I get the reason why they did that because they wanted to invite fans and they wanted to invite an audience and they wanted to bring people in but that bit of the show was probably the least interesting bit out of you know you could have just stuck them all in one room and had them talk to each other for the entire thing and then intercut it with bits of behind the scenes stuff and that would have worked perfectly well as well so you know to me it was about finding the right host and I know in America they love James and he (laughs) translates to the rest of the world but I just thought there was a moment where it didn't have the right sort of approach to the program because I felt he was too young he wasn't in the age range it was one of those situations where I think I wanted a slightly older host who maybe would have grown up with it would have been influenced with it in a similar way and I just think that yeah it was a little bit I wanted more questions thrown to Gunther, to Janice, yeah. to the Gellers about their experience because I think Gunther probably got 90 seconds and actually his story that, yeah. is fascinating. Like he was just an extra and he was the only extra who could use the coffee machine. Yes. That's how he got his job. That is a story that we need to hear again and mm-hmm. that, you know, how that developed and I just thought it was quite cruel to cut him down to, oh, and then here he is. Bye. And yeah. Same with Janice. Take a 
seat on the edge, Janice. Oh, bye. And it was sort of yeah. like, okay, you know, what would have been the harm in keeping them there for a bit and watching a couple of their most famous clips together and talking about a scene? But anyway, but no, lovely, nice reminiscent. And what they said, this is never going to happen again. And I think it's perfect. It doesn't need to happen again. And what Lisa Kudrow's line about, do you think it'll ever be a movie or another season or that, was just perfect. She was yeah. like, no, they've, they've told their story. They don't need to tell any more. And her, nice. her point about the fact that they all ended in a good place and you would have to undo that to be able to bring them back. Yeah. I'm kind of with her on that. You know, I entirely agree. We know kind of where they all ended up and to create drama for another... They don't Joey though, do they? they no, well, there Joey. is that. <laughs> yes, because Joey did have his own sitcom <laughs> afterwards. And uh, yeah, we, we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> I agree with what she was saying as well. Okay, there's only so many times you can, all right, let's revisit the story and keep it going on and on and on. Once you've got to a point where, you know, you've wrapped it up really well, they've had their family settled and that sort of thing and got married and whatever, there's absolutely no need to do like a special episode or an 11th season or something because then you risk undoing what you've done and kind of ruining mm. things a bit. So I'm definitely with it with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing was the Bloods Sky comedy. What oh, do you yes. think of that, Gray? I would ask you to get past episode one. Episode one was particularly cringy and I suppose they did a really awkward moment in trying to set up these characters I think it got slightly better as the season went on and once you get used to that kind of humour and the playoff against Jane Horrocks, it became a little bit more manageable. It's not a five-star comedy. I think it's better than Intelligence, which Dave might disagree with me on because I didn't I didn't get Intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think it's slightly better from, what was the other one? Code 404, right. which was the Stephen Graham and Danny Mays one. But I don't think it was brilliant. It's definitely no Trollied. It's never going to be up there with the, the, the level of how good Trollied was as a Sky comedy. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was harmless. I read lots of things about them trying to give a window to the NHS staff in a lighter life because their job has these ups and downs and in-betweens. And there were some like darker moments later on in these seasons. But mm. yeah, much of a muchness, really. I, I whizzed through it really quickly in two afternoons, I think. So mm. um, it didn't stay with me, though. It's nothing I'd say be talking about at the end of this year in my top 10, 20 or maybe 50. Right. But it was harmless in comparison to like intelligence, and which I really didn't like. Yeah, yeah I watched the first episode I thought it was awful I thought the comedy was in the entirely wrong places I thought the dialogue was awful I thought some of the characters were not very well written I don't think the acting was particularly bad I just think that the script itself was particularly bad and just the way they've tried to do a comedy I mean I only saw the first episode so like you said it you thought it got better after the first episode but I, I almost switched it off before the end of the episode but I thought this episode isn't very long I'll, I'll see it out and then I was just completely like nah I'm not doing that anymore there's just so many mistakes Mistakes I think they made in terms of trying to do a medical comedy. Like the main character, when he tries to make certain jokes, it's like, okay, no, you need to be trying to save people's lives here. Which the other characters kind of point out of like, okay, can you like let me get on with my job? And I'm not, I was on the same page of like, yeah, why is there comedy in in these parts? But who knows? Maybe it does take a bit of a like a shift or something after the episode. But to me, when you make that much of a bad first impression, to where I want to switch the episode off before I finished it, I'm not really going to want to continue with the rest mm. so yeah. uh, that, that was kind of but That's I, I, yeah, I just thought enough. there were so many I thought there were so many mistakes with it so uh, there, there are better comedies out there so oh, if, yeah, it if it didn't grab you in your first season then I would absolutely encourage you to move on um, again it was just something I've been through in, in a couple of afternoons and I won't be writing home about it but it did get better <laughs> I just love Jane Horrocks I'm a huge fan of Jane Horrocks I love Lucy Punch but I don't like her character in this right. who plays their boss who's really in love with the other paramedic she's just been in motherland which i'll talk about in a bit and she is incredible but i didn't like her character in this one it was a little bit too awkward mm. so. i haven't actually tried it i don't get on that well with british comedies as a general rule so i haven't seen that many of them particularly those kind of sky ones given that what you've been saying about it i'm kind of tempted just to go and see the first episode just to see what i think of it but yeah <laughs> just as a as a tester maybe yeah yeah no 
did not enjoy that one. Oh, well. So, Gray, what else have you been doing this month? Obviously, it's been incredibly busy in my new job. Um, I know you both have been known following me on Twitter, and then to get ill at the end has not been the greatest. No. But I, I did a couple of weeks of commuting on the train because I needed to just rest a little bit. Driving was absolutely taken out of me. So I got to absolutely binge a few things. So in the space of the last few weeks, I binged the Rose Matafeo comedy Starstruck. Absolutely, that's better than Bloods. I would recommend that over Bloods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I finished Superstore. Brilliant. End to the season. It. End yeah. to the series. Fantastic. I finished Dollface. I really enjoyed where they got yeah. to in the end. Um, and that was a really nice, satisfying ending. Can't wait for season two. Finally got around to finishing Flight Attendant. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. So good towards the end. I mean, I struggled in the middle episodes. I wondered where it was going. But where it came to in the latter couple of episodes and, you know, an element, there was a twist sort of element to it. Really enjoyed it. I think Kaylee Cuoco is underrated in that performance. And, yes. You know, absolutely recommend it. Motherland. Oh, my word. I did this in one journey up and one journey down on the same day the entire season. <laughs> I loved Anna Maxwell Martin. I love Lucy Punch. I just, had either of you seen the opening episode of this no, show? No, no, no. So instead of the COVID crisis, because they filmed it during COVID times, they do a mock on the whole NITS scandal. So they have a teacher in a school talking about an outbreak of NITS in the school. And <laughs> the teacher's like, got her assistant going, next slide, please. And like, they've got this whole, then there's a NITS denier. She's like, no, it's not going to affect me and my family. And it's just this playing the simplicity of what mothers go through, this middle class lifestyle. Right. It's so, such good mm. comedy. And having that on at the same time as programs like Starstruck and Inside Number Nine, BBC are whacking it out the park with comedies at the moment. And that's why Sky is worried. I think they're trying to put loads of money behind theirs, but they're not getting it. Something like Motherland, which is really simple sets, simply filmed, simple storylines, is really doing a great job. So absolutely recommend that. And another one on Netflix called Special. It's brilliant by the comedian Ryan O'Connell. He has cerebral palsy and he's a, an LGBTQ comedian and he gets to tell his story. The first season, famously, he got six episodes of about 15 to 20 minutes long and it went down so well that Netflix commissioned to for a second and final season, but each episode is 30 minutes. It's just so good. It's such a good story. It's a real truth behind a young man in LA living with his sexuality, but also living with his disability. And he sort of mixes with other disabled people and how they live their lives. And it's just a really eye-opening, lovely little sitcom. And he, I've been following him. It's got absolutely amazing reviews all over Netflix. It's become a really popular program because it's really honest and raw, but also comedic and sort of tells the truth on both the sides of like the LGBTQ relationships, but also relationships between a young disabled man and his mum and his friends and his workplace. So I would highly recommend that if either of you have seen it. I'm going to say my movie of the month, my main movie of the month, I've been picking one each one, is this time is Palm Springs, which is the Andy Samberg and Kristen Milotti. Uh, have you seen that, Dave? Did I hear you talk about that? No, no. So no. it's um, on Amazon. It's a quirky little one. It popped up as someone recommended it and I was like, oh yeah, someone told me to watch this. And it's really good. It's it's a romance, but it's got a sci-fi twist. It's about two characters stuck in a time loop. And it is really funny, really relevant to like, you know, some people's lives being stuck in this loop. It's quick, it's unexpected. It's 90, 96 minutes, a really enjoyable watch. I would definitely rate it four stars. Got some really good stars in there. JK Simmons is in it. He he pops up as Ray. Highly recommended. If you've got Amazon out there, that's my movie of the month. That sounds interesting, yeah. The imagery makes it look like you're about to watch a rom-com. And I sat there and I'm about to watch a rom-com, but like five minutes in, you realise that it's got a sci-fi twist to it and it's a time loop element. So he pulls on aspects of Russian Doll, pulls on aspects of Groundhog Day, but ultimately it's a really good telling of the story. So okay. absolutely, I cool. see that. Um, and the things I'm currently watching, which you know, hopefully uh, when I'm next back on at the end of next month, I'll be telling you about me 
completing Invincible. I've got two episodes left of that, which I know you have watched already. Yes. Um, and the same breath, I've started the Underground Railroad because I've read the book. I read the book earlier this year. I'd got it as a Christmas present. Um, and then I realized they were doing a TV program of it. And that is a hard, tough, but relevant program to watch. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's about racism in America and how slaves tried to escape their plantation fields. And I'm two episodes in. Each episode is an hour, an hour plus, but it's very well done. It's done by the director, Barry Jenkins, um, who did Moonlight. And so visually and aesthetically, it's beautiful. You're watching short films for each episode. And he did them all. He did every episode. He didn't just hand it off to a director. Um, It's 10 episodes long. So hopefully I'll get through that in June and tell you about it at the end of that. I'm also two episodes into The Nevers. I'm just not sure how I feel about it at the moment. I'll keep (laughs) you posted. I'm two episodes in, loads of characters, loads of plot. I can't quite understand where everything's going. It's got that X-Men feel to it, but I just, I need to just persevere, I hope. Yeah. Apparently the second block of six episodes is really good. I've read lots of things and everyone's saying that when you're going to get to the second block of six, which is released later in the year, that's going to pull it away from a little bit of the curse of the Joss Whedon mm-hmm. tripling over it. So, and I'm I'm up to date with Inside Number Nine. So, so that's all what I've been watching. But yeah, my movie of the month is Palm Springs and I would absolutely recommend Special Motherland and Starstruck if anyone's looking for some comedies to watch. Excellent. Dave, your turn. <laughs> uh, well, gaming-wise, I've finished Subnautica Below Zero, which I really, really enjoyed. I think the storyline on Below Zero is actually probably a little stronger than it was in the first game. The first game, you're trapped on a planet. You have to build a rocket to get off the planet. There is another kind of alien storyline going running through it as well but they've incorporated more story i think into the second one and uh, it concludes really well it's got a really interesting finish i'm very intrigued to see where they go with it next they've had some interviews with the developers and they have said they will come back to subnautica at some point but basically the people behind the games have been building underwater worlds and fishes for the last five ten years or whatever it is and they've kind of said they need a bit of a break to do something else so they're developing something else at the moment but they are intending on coming back to the world of subnautica at some point in the future i'm really interested to see what they come up with next because i love their games and i think they've done a wonderful job if you've not played subnautica or below zero go and get them they're wonderful wonderful fun games i've also got back to lucifer because that came back onto netflix really enjoying it i mean it's the same old thing apart from lucifer's dad has shown up in this uh, next block of episodes which of course is god so that's made a quite an interesting twist to it they've kind of lessened the storytelling around the sort of crime of the week thing and they're dealing more with the relationships and things that are going on with the family i mean i really enjoyed watching that i've got a couple of episodes left of this season as well and then of course it's back for our final season as well after this solar opposites came to its finale they also revealed that they have a holiday special coming as well so that will be when it's <laughs> next on uh, it's very very funny the ending of that episode I really really enjoyed that they'd had another wall episode for you as well Gray last week so oh, I've held back on season two I'm gonna try and do it all in one I I just purposely because I was getting I enjoyed it so much trying to watch it weekly I was like I'm gonna hold back on season two and watch it in more like a bingeable uh, flow right it's fantastic the second season just as good if not better than the first there are I think two wall episodes there's certainly one wall episode in this so uh, it's only eight episodes it's not ten which is what the first season was but uh, I was looking up some of the voice cast when I went to to see and check whether it was the finale and uh, Sherry who is the woman that gets kicked out of the wall she is played by Christina Hendricks Alfred Molina is doing the voice of Duke the guy that used to be running the wall and uh, Sterling K. Brown plays Hulk, who is the bone screenwriter that ends up being kind of the person that's investigating things in the wall. The level of cast that they've managed to get involved for this is ridiculous.
ridiculous because I mean they're really <laughs> high end names. So um, yeah, it's yeah. like Invincible, the voice casting at the moment. It must have been like a real thing in lockdown. A lot of these actors getting voice roles. Yeah, obviously not mean they had to move much, but yeah, it's a similar to Invincible. It's a quite a stellar cast. I know the lead, one of the leads for the main characters is Sean Jambroni, who's from Goldberg. So he's got mm. two like real mainstream thirty minute programs going out weekly. One as a voice and one as a main actor. So. Yeah, it's been fantastic and uh, I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed Solar Opposites certainly if you're into things like Rick and Morty that is definitely one to go and watch and Rick and Morty's back reasonably soon for uh, next season as well so uh, yeah I've, it's nice the way that's kind of timed out it'll be interesting to see how they uh, rotate those two so yeah yeah back at some point in June I think or something like that yes I think it is because they're launching it globally so it's launching everywhere at the same time and even on E4 they've even said that it is launching at the same time in E4 so uh, it is going to be landing worldwide you're not going to have to wait for it which is a great news the other thing I watched was Bo Burnham Inside do either of you know the comedian Bo Burnham I have seen him at Edinburgh Festival many Uh, years ago really um, and he was in the big sick with Kumar Nanjiani yes he was he's got two stand-up comedy specials on Netflix and if you've not seen them I urge you to go watch them they are meticulously crafted bits of stand-up. Part of the reason, I think, for that is because he suffered with anxiety throughout his entire life. And actually, five years ago, he gave up doing stand-up comedy because he was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks before going on stage. And he just got to the point where he was like, I can't do this anymore. He was actually, had kind of worked through them over the last five years, just got to the point in January 2020 when he was thinking, I think I should go back on stage. And a worldwide pandemic so he ends up being stuck inside but it started to think about ideas for what he could do for a show so he came up with inside which is a new stand-up comedy special and it is entirely shot basically in his studio with him doing songs and it's a weird kind of i've seen it referred to as being a deranged masterpiece or a claustrophobic masterpiece because he's doing bits and pieces which are some of it is him sat down just sort of doing kind of straight stand-up but there's very little of that a lot of it is his sort of jokes it's got it's very weird kind of collection of bits and pieces that string things together there's a lot of uh, social commentary that go into his songs and stuff and then there are sections of it which are him really not dealing with trying to sort of complete this thing on his own because it's entirely shot, directed, written and filmed and edited by him. I mean, the entire thing was done by himself in his own house. And there are points where he's been struggling with it and he was like sort of thinking, oh, this will take six months and it's like taking 12 months and then 18 months or whatever it is. And it's So it sort of drags on and there are points where you can see it's starting to wear on him and the, and the whole sort of thing with the world generally and not being able to see people and it's just this really odd deranged strange mix of stuff but it's funny and kind of heartbreaking in places and it's just beautifully weird and wonderful and I would urge you to go and watch it it is one of the best just standout things that I've seen this year I I don't want to call it a stand-up special because that's kind of underselling it it's just this odd collection of thoughts of like being inside Bo Burnham's head I think and it's just beautifully done so that is on Netflix right now and I would urge you to go and watch it it's it's superb and go and watch if you haven't seen the previous two stand-ups go and watch those because they are phenomenal pieces of work as well that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The TV and film news, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Cancellations, we only have one and it is an NBC show which hasn't aired over here called Debris. That was one of the four shows which NBC still hadn't renewed because they are the only one that really has shows outstanding right now. That leaves Manifest, Good Girls and Zoe's. Out of the four that they could have cancelled, much as I liked the idea of Debris because it was a sort of X-Files-y sci-fi kind of thing and it was written by by one of the guys behind Fringe. Out of the four, that was probably the one I think collectively we probably, if they were going to cancel one, you wanted to cancel that one because we love Zoe's, we like Manifest, and we love Good Girls. So I actually think it could be good news for the other three, given that that now frees up a bit more space. If that one's gone, then it might give a bit more of a chance to the uh, the other three shows coming back. Still no sign of them giving a renewal or cancellation to any of those yet. There's been murmurings about manifest there is going to have to be some negotiation behind the scenes with that because i think it's wb that make it and nbc don't make as much money out of it even though it's the higher rated show so there may be some work they need to do in terms of sorting out contracts and deals and stuff on that but i think they're hopeful to bring that back and i know there is a lot of love for zoe's difficult to say with good girls which way that will go but zoe's i think is the one that we all want to see return yeah yeah definitely yeah, it would be uh, it would be a big shame if, if that didn't come back. Yeah, there seems to be a big will at NBC to try and find a way of making sure that comes back. But, you know, we'll have to see what they do with that. In terms of renewals, Netflix announced a renewal for Firefly Lane, which is the Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk dramedy series about two friends that I think they're friends at school and, and they either meet again later in life or something. But that's been renewed for a second season. That's Firefly Lane. And Breeders is being renewed for a third season. They announced that the day the second season dropped in the UK. So uh, that's fantastic news. I haven't started the second season yet, but the first season was phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to watching the second season of that and I'm glad they've renewed it for a third one that's great news on to some of the uh, pickups the most expensive pickup I think we've seen in a long time <laughs> Amazon has picked up or rather acquired MGM the film studio for 8.45 billion dollars so MGM are the people behind about 4,000 films including things like 12 Angry Men Basic Instinct Creed the James Bond franchise Legally Blonde Moonstruck Poltergeist, Raging Bull, Robocop, Rocky, Silence of the Lambs, Stargate, Thelma and Louise, Tomb Raider, The Magnificent Seven, Pink Panther, The Thomas Crown Affair, loads of others as well. They also own around 17,000 TV shows, including Fargo, The Handmaid's Tale and Vikings, collectively won more than 180 Academy Awards and 100 Emmys. So, you know, it's a pretty valuable catalogue of things. In terms of the sci-fi geek kid me the one thing that really stood out was the fact that that means that they now own the stargate franchise and stargate's one of those things that has a lot of potential to come back and them to do more with but it's been sat on a shelf at mgm and they've not quite figured out what they want to do with it there's been rumors of new tv series there's been rumors of new films coming out but nothing's actually kind of been confirmed or landed so the fact that this amazon deal has gone through i do wonder whether we might see star return either as a film or a TV franchise again on Amazon. That would be uh, quite a nice thing to see. We'll have to wait and mm. find out whether they do something with that. Anything in there that you would like to see, I don't know, come back, new versions of, anything like that? Well, it's interesting they got the James Bond IP. There is an interesting thing with James Bond. Although it is probably the biggest name that is attached to MGM, yeah. it isn't actually entirely owned by MGM. It's co-owned with 
with Eon Productions, which is the production company run by the Broccoli family, who are the people that have you know started the whole James Bond movie franchise. They actually have direct control over everything from the casting to the distribution. So whilst this might mean that Amazon get the money and the Bond back catalogue up on the streaming service, they don't gain any direct control over James Bond himself. So anything that they do try and do in terms of, uh, you know, a young James Bond TV series or, you know, if they wanted to try and do something like that, it would have to be done in conjunction with Eon Productions. So I'm not sure whether we will actually see anything drastically alter with James Bond because the Broccoli family still have a very, very tight stranglehold over it, even though it is now technically half-owned by Amazon. So... That will be an interesting one to see. There are some other TV shows, which I didn't mention, which I was looking through MGM's list of stuff. Condor, which ran for two seasons. It's up on um, Sky, which was great. And I really enjoyed it. That was the show that it ran for two seasons. And then Audience Network, which was the channel that it ran on in the US, disappeared. So that effectively got cancelled because the channel vanished. Whether they could do something with that, I mean, that would be interesting to see if they brought that back. Weirdly, it now means that Amazon own Vikings Valhalla, which is the sort of spin-off continuation of the Vikings franchise, but it runs on Netflix. So that's a little weird. <laughs> they also yeah. are behind Clarice. Uh, they're co-producers on Clarice, which is the Hannibal Lecter series without Hannibal Lecter that runs on CBS in the US. They are the people behind the fame TV show and movie as well. So, I mean, that might be an interesting one to try and revive. Teen Wolf as well is also theirs. So whether they could maybe do something with that, I don't know. Uh, certainly, I think you might get the back catalogue of some of the TV shows up on the streaming service. That was on MTV or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it Teen was. Yeah. It was an MTV show. The three shows that I mentioned earlier, Fargo, Handmaid's Tale and Vikings, I don't think we're likely to see them suddenly disappear off directly to Amazon Prime. I think because there are deals in place. Well, I mean, Vikings is on Amazon anyway, but Fargo and Handmaid's Tale, you may find that they still premiere on Channel 4 and then go on to Amazon afterwards, or maybe the other way around. I don't know. It will very much depend on what the deal is with uh, Channel 4 at the moment. So we don't know exactly whether that will affect those in any way, but it does mean that they do own those shows. Anything for you, Gray, that you'd like to see? What I'm really interested in is whether this will affect like the Amazon cost for having Prime because this is going to absolutely boost their catalogue, isn't it? And I can see us having a lot more films coming to Prime to be available and to make themselves really go up against Netflix and Disney Plus who are bringing lots of these old films available straight away. And I think that's always a positive thing by one of will impact pricing, whether we're mm. going to get an MGM channel, which we additionally subscribe not. to, like they've yeah. got with all the stars stuff, um, or they increase the fee slightly to cope with it because what is quite frustrating is that when Disney Plus came along a swathe of things got taken away from Amazon mm. even series I was midway through watching and films I knew I could get because they had obviously lost their licensing I'm glad they're bringing it to the market but I just wonder what the impact is going to be for the consumers if we are going to be paying a little bit more to get access to these it's sometimes these acquisitions great money obviously that spots in Jeff Bezos' back pocket to be honest <laughs> Um, it's still a worry that to lay that cost onto us somewhere along the line is, is going to come out of this. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather MGM put their stuff on Amazon instead of like here's MGM Plus or whatever and mm. then like, okay, let's have six pounds off you please while you still pay the eight or nine for, for Amazon because I, I don't want any more streaming services. <laughs> yeah. So, now, I, I'm I, kind I don't of, think any of us do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think if you tried to launch it as its own thing, I think that would be more of an issue. I don't think that's the plan I think they are planning to just put it onto Prime so we'll have mm. to see that's, no. that's what I really liked with Disney Plus when the star thing happened we weren't subscribing to another Hulu we just had it as if like okay we'll raise the price a little bit and then here you've got your adult section with all adult Hulu and, and Disney yeah. stuff and whatever that's just such a better idea yeah so we'll see when that stuff lands the deal actually isn't entirely signed yet it is agreed between the two companies but 
but it's got to go through some of the US anti-competitive stuff, which it should get through yeah. without any problem at all. But there's still that bit of the paperwork that's got to go through. So uh, we'll have to wait a little while until all the stuff is signed and before we actually see any change. That has been agreed in principle, essentially, between the two people. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when we know what's actually going to happen with that. In terms of uh, UK pickups, Alibi has picked up a couple of cancelled shows and one show that is now off air. Uh, Whiskey Cavalier they've picked up, which was the show that took Lauren Cohen away from The Walking Dead. It's the thing she did when she was sort of off The Walking Dead. That only ran for one season, but it's a sort of FBI adventure series thing that is coming to Alibi at some point. And Deception, which was a Belanti series, I think, stars Jack Cutmore Scott as a magician called Cameron Black who has his career ruined by scandal and then decides to turn to the FBI to practice his art of deception, which is a kind of odd setup, but apparently it was quite a fun show. That only ran for one season, but that's called Deception. And they've also picked up The Good Wife as well, which they're going to be running from the start. So if you've missed that everywhere else, then uh, The Good Wife will be available on Alibi, they have said. So don't know when they're landing, but those are three shows that they've picked up for Alibi. Over on The CW, there's a bit of a pilot update they've picked up Naomi which was the DC Comics character so that stars Casey Walfall in the title role as a teen girl whose journey takes her from the small northwestern town to the heights of the multiverse when a supernatural event shakes her hometown to the core Naomi sets out to uncover its origins and what she discovers will challenge everything we believe about our heroes it's based on a comic book by Brian Michael Bendis I've actually read the comic book as well and it's really fun she's really interesting new hero i don't know how this is gonna fit in with everything else or if this is gonna fit in with everything else or not but um yeah i i'm quite happy that they've uh, picked that one up i think that one sounds quite interesting but that's another dc hero coming to cw they've also said that they've picking up all american homecoming which is a spin-off from the uh, american football drama that they run over there called all american and they've said that uh, Powerpuff, which we've talked about, which is this weird live-action version of the Powerpuff Girls, which stars Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, and Yana Peralt, that is going back to the drawing board, basically. They started to work on it. They shot a pilot. They decided that the CW didn't like what they saw for the pilot. So uh, they're going to go back and rework it and change the scripts. The cast is staying. So the three girls are staying. Donald Faison, who plays the professor in it is staying all the other cast as well and Diablo Cody and Heather Rainier who were the two people that were writing it are also coming back and doing the rewrite so it's entirely the same team involved but they're trying again doesn't bode totally well the fact that they failed the first time round but we'll see yeah judging by that script that a lot of people saw and the reactions to that that script was really really awful how real it actually was I don't completely know but the thing that I sent you in that, that wasn't a very well thought out script. So yeah, doing a rework, yes, very good idea. It's good that they're, they're keeping the cast members. I think the cast is probably the strongest yeah. thing about this show, especially with like Chloe Bennett and Dove Cameron and a bunch of others. But yeah, that, that script would have been very, very bad. Did you read any of that? Thing I, that I, I didn't. I saw it was out there. I didn't bother actually looking through it. I saw some little bits of it and it didn't read particularly brilliantly, I, but I've not kind of really looked at it in any great detail. I know the script had leaked out there though so the other two pilots which they completely passed on one of them is the painkiller spin-off which was the spin-off from black lightning they've apparently completely passed on that and uh, there was another pilot called our ladies of brooklyn which was a dramedy about two millennial nuns which i think we talked about a few weeks ago that one oh, is yeah. not being picked up either i don't know the painkiller one i wasn't massively into as I, I think they're doing more interesting things with some of the other dc shows at this point interesting with the painkiller one that Black Lightning's literally kind of just ended and yeah. in the US and then they're like nope we're not doing this other follow up thing doesn't mean that those characters can't appear in the other Arrowverse shows they still can I think a lot of people were sort of leaning on that to be the, the continuation mm-hmm. so I think that was I think that was a little bit of a shock for people yeah. when that didn't get picked up I thought out of all the ones they hadn't done recently I thought painkiller would have gone through mm. but uh, seems like not so yeah. so that's all the news and bits and pieces for this week because it's the 300th episode we've got something else coming up next 
as it's the 300th episode, we're going to do what we did for the uh, 200th episode, which is the Geekmaster 3000 quiz this time around. <laughs> so, cheesy quiz music. <laughs> So basically, the idea for this is uh, it's going to be a quiz. I have a bunch of questions. It's going to be five rounds, five questions in each round. And uh, we'll see who comes most knowledgeable out of uh, out of this. Oh, no. The pressure. So, the person that won last time was Bex. She would be back this week, but uh, unfortunately, she's um, stuck working, so she couldn't be here. Matt, I think, was up against it last time, so... So uh, you get yeah, a chance to try and win again this time around, which is good. Cool. We'll see how you fare against Grey. So we're going to start off the quiz. The first category is 2015 in TV, because 2015 was oh, the year perfect. that we launched the show. So <laughs> right. all you have to do, shout out your name and whoever shouts out first and gets it right, gets the point. First question. BBC aired the final episode of Miranda in this year, but what is the name of the US remake series which was recently renewed by Fox starring Big Bang's Mayam Bialik? Grey. Yes. Is it something to do with my name's Cat or everyone's talking about Cat? so close. (laughs) Do you want to jump in, Matt? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> half a point, half a point for it. I, I will, I will give you half a point for that because it is called "Call Me Cat." So, so you get half a point for that. Yes. Question number two: Which British actor, presenter, and all-round cuddly national treasure married his partner in early 2015? Ray. Going to be James Corden. No, <laughs> cuddly national treasure bit and an actor and presenter, older gentleman. Any guesses, Matt? No. Is it not like I... it's not something like Christopher Biggins or anything? No. You're in the right. You're in the right area, though. It was Stephen Fry. Oh, Stephen oh. Fry, of course. Right. Okay. Question number three. Which hugely popular BBC show was put on a hiatus in 2015 following one of the presenters allegedly punching a producer? Matt. Go on. Oh, top gear. No. Yay. <laughs> Got in there, Matt. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Which Australian soap had its 30th anniversary in this year. Right. Oh, I don't know who was I I uh, I don't know who was first there. I I, I would say maybe Matt. Oh goal. Is it home in the way? Ah uh, no. No? no. It's neighbours. Yes. Oh, it was the other one. Damn it. 1985. 1985. Yeah. And last question in this round. Which BBC musical panel show ended in 2015 after 18 years on air. Right. Never mind the buzzcocks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> At the end of the first round, Gray is two and a half points. Matt is one point. The second round is US Geek TV. So, question one. Before becoming The Punisher, John Barthenol starred in which TV series? Matt. Go on. Walking Dead. I'm very glad you got that. I would have been very disappointed if you hadn't. (laughs) Question two. During season two of Stranger Things, the boys dressed up for Halloween as characters from which 80s movie? Matt. Go on. Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah, you're doing better than me in this round. Question three. What is the name of the spaceship in the TV series Firefly? They named the film after it as well. Matt. Go on. Serenity. I will give you oh. half. I will give you half a point for that. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Question four. Name the author who connects the TV series Good Omens to the Netflix's upcoming TV series Matt. Sandman. Great. <laughs> Matt Neil, was definitely. Is it Neil Gaiman? Oh. 
Yep. Oh. <laughs> and question five. The band Bare Naked Ladies are behind the theme tune to which hugely popular US Matt. sixth god? <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. Yep. You smashed that round, Matt. You smashed that round. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Grace on two and a half points. Matt is on five and a half points. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Next, we move on to big franchises. So, I've spread these out. They're various different big franchises with a question on each. We're going to start off with Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> In Star Wars, what is the name of Anakin's Padawan? Soon to have her own live action. TV show Matt go on Ahsoka yes question two in Star Trek Discovery and the upcoming Strange New Worlds name the actor who plays Captain Pike Matt go on Anson Mount yes (laughs) very embarrassing it's not not Mason Mount that's the football Oh dear. I was just trying to think of which mount it was because it was Mason Mount as well. Right. In Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what was the superhero name of Chloe Bennett's character? Matt Quake. Quake. I just leave now. (laughs) Quake. Yes, it was Quake. There's a film question. You can maybe redeem yourself with a film question, Gray. Who is set to wear the cowl in Matt Reeves' upcoming film, The Batman? Gray. Rob Patterson. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well done. And another phone question. Before becoming Captain America in the MCU, Chris Evans played which other Marvel character Matt. on screen? Right. Oh, Matt, for you to it. Go on. Human thought. Johnny Thorpe. Yep. Oh. I would read out the scores, but you're not doing well, Gray. Let's just put it that way. No, it's it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh, dear. I've been ill, Matt. Remember, I've been ill. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the excuse. Okay. So, next category UK Geek TV. Before starring in the TV series Humans, Colin Morgan played the lead in which fantasy right. TV? Go on. Merlin. Yes, well done. Question two. To date, how many series of Doctor Who have there been, including the classic series? Yes, Gray? 13. Including the classic series? Oh, damn it. That's quite a few. I will take nearest guess from both of you. Including the classics? No. 25. Okay, Matt, do you want to take a guess? Of 30. Matt gets it slightly closer with 30. It's 38, actually, in total. So Ah. I I will give you half a point for that. Cool. Question three. What is the name of the company that owns Red Dwarf? I have no clue. Neither of you? No, I'm not clear. Jupiter Mining Corporation, it was called. Okay. (laughs) Question four. What object does the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy say is the most useful thing you can carry? It's fairly common. Something that you would have in your bathroom? Grey. Toothbrush. Nope. It would be something you maybe put on your head or around right. your waist. Ow. I'm just trying to think like what else huh. Yeah, you can have point. half a point for that. Go oh, thanks. All <laughs> <laughs> the half points out. Yeah. Uh, question number five. Name the creator of the TV series Black Mirror. Gray. Go on. Charlie Brooker. Yes. Oh, some redemption, a little bit of redemption. Yeah, you caught up a little bit. You caught up a little. It comes down to the final round. And the final round is about Geek Town. Oh, I thought you were going to say gaming. If you said gaming, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that to you, Gray. I know you'd lose dramatically if I did that. So, um, given that both of you actually, part of the reasons that you are on the show is because you used to listen to it beforehand, I thought I'd put together some questions about the show and the website, and uh, we'll see how much attention you have actually been paying. So, <laughs> question number one. Can either of you tell me the name of the original co-host of the show when we started Geek Town Radio? Yes. Chris. 
Yes, well done. Oh, where <laughs> that came from? That just came from somewhere. <laughs> well done. Chris Brown was his name. He's a lovely guy. He still runs the website Polaroids and Polar Bears. And if you're into board games, particularly fairly geeky board games and D&D and that sort of stuff, it's worth going to check out polaroidsandpolarbears.co.uk, I think it is. But go check out his site because uh, he's, he's still running things. He's great. So uh, go and check that out over there. Oh. Question number two. We do interview shows. But who is the person I have interviewed the most times for the podcast? It's one of the composers. I've heard it, but I can't think of their name. Nobody? No, I can't no. think of the name. I have heard them being interviewed. Yes, it is the lovely and wonderful Phil Eisler, who I think we've done eight times at this point. Recently interviewed him as well. So uh, go and check those out on the Behind the Scenes podcast. Question number three. What year did we first launch the Geek Town Awards? Great. Go on. I'm going to say 2013. Well done. <laughs> No, he's catching up. I just went for a year. (laughs) Well done. Pretty competitive. (laughs) There are two questions left and there are two points in it. So uh, we'll see. Question number four. What process or game do we often assume E4 uses to schedule their TV shows? (laughs) Go on. Dartboard. Drunk. Uh, sorry what did you say Greg I added to Matt's answer yeah um, yeah you see I I was going to give it for Matt for dartboard but drunk darts is the give it to Matt like like, yeah yeah, but technically drunk darts actually is what I would say and and I would say Greg gave the full answer there so I think maybe Greg gets that point oh sorry Matt (laughs) (laughs) on me now Question number five. Who was the first person I ever interviewed for a podcast? It was a Star Trek actor. Nope. <laughs> Nobody want to take a guess? It was Star Trek. I'm going to have no chance. Might as well say Patrick Stewart. Mm. No, no. It was an original series Star Trek actor and it would most definitely be somebody you will heard of. It's not Shatner, is it? No. <laughs> He's also quite well known for his tweeting and his online stuff these days, I would say, as well. Neither I'm of not- you. No. Oh dear. It was George Decay was the first person I ever interviewed. Really? Yes. Wow. And you can still go onto the website. If you go to the website, you can go and listen to the very, very first podcast I ever did. It is still up there. If you go onto the uh, podcast section of the website and hit the last button, it will take you to episode number one. And it was an interview with George Takei. And that was the um, nice. the first thing that I ever, ever did. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah. So go and check that out on the website. I dread to think what it sounds like. I haven't been back and listened to it. So uh, it'd be interesting to go and see anyway. So we come to the final scores. It's actually very, very close. Gray has nine points. Matt has 10 points. (laughs) Even I stole drunken darts off him and I still couldn't get it. (laughs) So. (laughs) Congratulations, Matt. (laughs) Thank you. It's good to celebrate something this week after that awful cup final. What you going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, excellent. That is the end of the Geek Master 300 quids. We're going to have to do one at like either 350 or uh, or at, at like sort of 400 or uh, I don't know. Maybe not wait another 100 episodes to do another one of them. We need yeah. to turn the yeah. tables on you, Dave. We need to get you as a contestant, I think. Well, yeah, I want to, yeah, give, you two, I want to give you two a quiz on entertainment talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may be busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that is the end of the quiz Matt comes victorious which is only right since you lost last time so at least you get to win this time we will hopefully do this again at some point that was quite good fun to do we're going to finish fun. off yeah. with some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> 
highlights for next week. We have uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit returning for the 22nd season. That's on the 4th of June at 9pm on Sky Witness. For those of you that have been asking about Organised Crime, the other spin-off, Sky has until episode 9, which is the end of July, before they're going to get shouted at for the fact that they don't have the second part of a crossover. They haven't oh. said one way or another whether they've bought Organised Crime yet. It's not showed up in any documentation. We don't know whether they're going to get it or not but uh, Organised Crime the first episode of that show is the second part of apparently of a crossover with uh, SVU they've got until the end of July to sort that out but at the moment they haven't made any announcement one way or another SVU returns 4th of June at 9pm on Sky Witness just a little heads up if you hadn't seen The Americans which was a brilliant brilliant TV show uh, that's coming on the 4th of June to start on Disney Plus you can catch all six seasons of that on there also coming on to Disney Plus on the 4th of June is Genius Aretha, which is the season three of the Genius series, dramatization of the life of Aretha Franklin for the third season. So that will be worth looking at. Feel Good season two and the final season of uh, that comedy, which I think started on Channel 4 and then Netflix are now running it. it. Yeah. So. Second season of that, uh, which will be the final season of it, stars Mae Martin and Charlotte Ritchie and Lisa Kudrow. That is coming on the 4th of June onto Netflix. That's Feel Good. Also on the 4th of June, this is the whole thing about everybody launching everything on a Friday. Also on the 4th of June, <sighs> Sweet Tooth, which is the new comic book adaptation coming to Netflix, follows Gus, a child who is part deer, part boy, who leaves his home in the forest to find the outside world ravaged by a cataclysmic event. It's based on a Vertigo comic there's a trailer up on the website for it but it looks quite good fun so uh, go and check that out but that's called Sweet Teeth that's 4th of June Time, which is a new limited series from Jimmy McGovern. It stars Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. They ran a little trailer for it. It's uh, about a prisoner and a prison officer. This is the 6th of June on BBC One at 9pm. It looks like it could be really good, so go and check that out. That's called Time. It's on BBC One. And Intelligence, second season of the David Schwimmer and Nick Mohammed comedy. That lands on the 8th of June at 10pm on Sky One. That is everything for this week. Um, if you've been listening from the start, thank you for listening to us ramble on for like 300 episodes i hopefully will uh, be around for 300 more if you want to go and uh, catch up with matt where can they find you you can find me on entertainmenttalk.org uh, tv video games films and main night podcast don't want to talk about that cup final because it was painful <laughs> uh but uh yeah well, if you, if you want to hear me moan about football a lot just and in terms of losing the final there was yeah not my fault not my fault i made i would have made subs before 100 minutes but uh, yeah. there you go um yeah lost lost 11 10 on penalties the took the, took the, the I, I did feel I sorry for you when i saw that you lost on penalties that's a harsh way to go out in any football competition i don't massively follow football but i know that's not good so scored before that but you can find me on there entertainmenttalk.org and uh for, for all those things uh still doing breaking bad and uh walking dead and some other things and uh, by the time you hear this my quiet place part two review should be out uh you can also find me on twitch streaming last of us two and some other things as well uh, eTalk UK and if you miss those you can find them later YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays and you can find me on Twitter as well eTalk UK if you want to chat to me on there that's me so go and find Matt over there Grey where can they find you uh, so they can follow me on Twitter at Grey the Geek follow me and my journey through life um, and I will hopefully be on Entertainment Talk uh, later this week as well I know me and Matt are getting together one evening this week to have more chat about TV so uh, mm. yeah come and find me over there excellent and of course for other people you can go and find Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S you can go and get her over on Twitch for her daily streams and uh, lots and lots of other stuff at some point she will be back on the show once her life calms down a little bit because it's completely hectic right now but uh, she will be coming back on she's just got too much stuff on at the moment so uh, that's Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes Daryl as well you can go and find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV series you love which are shot in Canada he covers all that over there so go and find him at hollywoodnorthnews.net for us you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website place find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown or on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.